Welcome to Crowdfunding Uncut. This is the place where incredible project creators show you how they launch their products online using the world's largest crowdfunding engines, such as Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Hey, funders. Thanks for checking in again. My name is Kirsten. I'm the host, and this is episode 38. This week, we are going to be looking at an issue where when you're going to crowdfunding, you may not have a lot of money to produce 100 or 500 different units that you can of your, say, a prototype that you can send out to bloggers and press to get people to cover you to help with creating buzz for your campaign. What do you do when you don't have a prototype to send out to people for getting this coverage? And I was really excited to bring on Erez Rubenstein uh, from The Right Cup because they created a lot of buzz pre-campaign by using a awesome technique with a teaser video and it's a 30 second teaser video where they use to build their email list they use to get PR and get interest before their campaign even started and I think it's a really awesome technique that I've started to employ with the campaigns that I advise and it actually could work really well not only if you don't have the money to produce a ton of units, but what if you what you're selling is physically too big to send around to ship in Australia or whatever? So it's just a really awesome technique that involves customer testimonials and stuff. So today we're going to be going over how they use this strategy to raise over half a million dollars on Indiegogo. And before we do that, I've had quite a few emails from other project creators um, asking similar questions such as, how do I market my campaign? How do I figure out who my audience is? Um, and a few of other things. So I've actually developed a, a private Facebook group. It's Crowdfunding Domination. Link for that will be in the show notes. And what you could do is you can come in and meet with other project creators and get advice from yours truly, as well as share best practices and what work and what doesn't work. So I'm really excited to say we launched that a few weeks ago and we have close to a hundred members in it so far. So go over and check it out. And anyways, Erez, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, um, I'd love to know how a flavored cup works. Could you just explain to me a little bit of what the right cup is? Uh, wow, sure. Um, basically, it's a plastic cup that has FDA-approved flavors inserted directly into the cup itself. It's the same flavors used by beverage companies that they put in their drinks, uh, but we put it in the cup. And it has also the aroma and also a sweet taste when your tongue touches the lip of the cup. So when you drink the water, you, your nose picks up the aroma. Let's say it's uh, the orange cup, so you smell the orange-flavored aroma. Your tongue uh, senses a hint of sweet taste. And the brain translates that uh, aroma and taste into flavor. So you think you're drinking flavored water while you're basically drinking nothing but water. Everything that you, you taste goes in your, in your head. So it's, it's not a sweetened container? There, there's no added sugars in this? or Absolutely not. Zero carbo, carbohydrates, no sugar, no calories, zilch, just water. So that's actually pretty cool because um, I actually just stopped drinking sugar. Uh, so any, any pop fruit juice, and whatever. And I get really bored of just drinking water. 
So is that kind of what inspired this is to make drinking water fun again? Absolutely. The, the founder of the idea, uh, Mr. Levy, Isaac Levy, he was diagnosed with diabetes when he was 30. So he basically had to cut down on all of his uh, sugary drinks. And just like you, water wasn't his thing. You know, the, the lack of taste uh, just bored him and he was suffering. And it just so happens that he also lectures on scent marketing. So he brought his expertise and his uh, suffering together into one room. And that's how the idea came up. Oh, that's amazing. And then, so how many years in development is the right cup? He, he's been working on the idea for over six years. Wow, okay. Uh, but just lately, the technology evolved to a point where uh, we can have the aroma uh, uh, come out of the cup uh, slowly enough and uh, in, in a way that enables the, the flavor to be perceived well enough. So just now everything came together and, and it was possible to produce it. Oh, that's awesome. And so just recently you finished an Indiegogo campaign. Um, how much did you end up raising? Uh, we raised uh, up today over four hundred twenty thousand dollars. Okay. Oh, sorry, five hundred twenty. Five hundred. Okay, awesome. One hundred k here, there doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's just money. <laughs> uh, and we're in in demand now, so it's basically continuing until we're gonna reach the fulfillment in a few months. So we hope to to reach uh, at least six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening because it's a really cool concept as well. And it means that I don't have to pollute my body, which is nice. Mm. So when you have a product like this that's six years in development, why did you choose crowdfunding as a way to launch this product? Um, well, there are two re major reasons to use crowdfunding today. The first one, obviously, is to get uh, as much funds as possible without uh, giving out equity. So you get to keep your own company and, uh, uh, and people pre-buy pre the, the product. Um, and the second uh, reason is, is the huge exposure and publicity that crowdfunding campaigns uh, have today. So everybody's writing about you know, the most successful campaigns and all the media outlets pick up the stories and you get really a huge, huge exposure and it's the best, best launch you can have for any product. Okay, without having to put up extensive amounts of money for manufacturing this as well. Because I've heard too that, well, I, I know that crowdfunding creates a client base for you right off the gate. So you don't need to sink hundreds of thousands of dollars into manufacturing, then attempt to sell this. It creates a platform already so you can raise funds while you're creating a customer base. Exactly. It's, it's the best proof of concept there is. You know, you're, you're actually showing everybody that you're, product has a market and people are willing to buy it even before it was ever produced. Yeah. And I mean, as of where we're sitting, you have 7,300 backers right now or customers. So that's, that's insane, but really great as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fun. And from so many countries, it's, it's, it's amazing. We're, we're still in awe. Yeah. Um, so with each of these interviews, I like to, because I find that the, the general strategy that a lot of the larger campaigns use is very similar. So I do like to focus on one specific thing that you did really well during this campaign so we can really focus this conversation on one big takeaway for the audience. And 
when we had um, spoken prior, you guys did some really amazing things to ensure that you had a really good first week of launch. And in the first three days of launch, you actually raised over $55,000 for this product, um, which was over two thirds of your goal, which is awesome. But you can't do that without a really good pre-launch strategy. And so I'd love to focus the conversation on some of the things that you used to ensure that you can have a strong start. Right. And so can we go into one of the strategies that you used to, um, to get share awareness, for example, did, did you have a working prototype and did you send that prototype to bloggers to try to get product reviews or what did you do there? We had like a, a generation one prototype, which wasn't good enough to send out bloggers. So, so that was a major problem for us because we really didn't have anything to, to send them or to go on a roadshow. Like what do you mean it wasn't good enough to send to bloggers? What uh, what was that prototype? It was uh, only with the aroma, without the sweet taste. It was uh, with uh, uh, the wrong kind of plastics, with uh, the wrong kind of flavors. It was just a proof of concept to see that if we have uh, some manipulation on the brain using the aroma, uh, does it alter the taste? And we found out that it did. And from that point on, we started working on what the real design will be. And for that, to produce that, we really needed the funds from the campaign itself. Okay. And why is it important that you didn't send bloggers a prototype that wasn't 100% market ready? Oh, because they, uh, they would destroy us. Uh, <laughs> if, they, if they would taste the product, it doesn't matter how much we'd explain that it's only the first generation and it's not the, the final thing. If it wouldn't have worked 100% uh, for, for one of them, and at the end of the day, taste, you know, it's a, it's a different stroke. So uh, it would have been a negative uh, PR for us, and we couldn't afford to take that chance. Yeah, and so when you waited until you had something that was market ready to send out to bloggers, how did you... What did that process look like for you? Did you just mail a couple of random people or did you communicate with them ahead of time? We, we uh, started working on the, on the marketing campaign close to a year before the launch of the campaign. We, we researched all of the reporters and blogs and websites and anybody that we found that have any relative... Uh, connection to our product, maybe uh, lifestyle, health, uh, innovation, design, and we gathered all that data and we started uh, emailing them and telling them about this campaign that we're going to launch soon and that we'd uh, love to, for them to, to write about it and if they had any questions and we prepared a, a PR uh, media kit. Okay. We sent them all the pictures of the models and all the uh, FAQ. So, yeah, so we contacted them way ahead of time to start g gathering the, the interest. Um, and slowly some of them got back to us and we started corresponding with them until, uh, until the launch of, camp of the campaign. And, uh, and uh, many of them wrote about it uh, during like the first week of the campaign. We actually had a few writing earlier. Before the launch, okay, which was nice because it created some kind of a buzz and and helped us build a community. But 
it was a problem once we launched because when we approached others, they saw the old PR and they said, ah, this is uh, old news. So uh, in hindsight, we, we should have put an embargo on all the, on all the reporters. An embargo being a date that you want them to, to start publishing and not before that. That's exactly. Yeah. Okay. How did you, so I guess what you're saying is you, you um, sent them the product and you just left it up to the bloggers as to when they would publish the information as opposed to you setting some deadlines on that yourself. We actually didn't send them the product. That's the, I'm sorry if I was misunderstood. We, okay. we didn't have a good enough product to send them. So it was all emails and, and pictures. Uh, there was nothing that we could send them that was good enough. Okay. Okay. I understand. Well, and um, did, did any of them request proof that this worked? Like, did you have to elaborate on the science behind it or, or do anything because you didn't have something physical to send them? Well, uh, one of the things that we did on our campaign video was to uh, video people actually tasting from that first generation prototype and their reactions. Uh, so we took that segment out of the video and we created like a teaser video, which we released uh, uh, a month or, or a bit more before the campaign. And that's also something we sent the bloggers. So they could see people actually uh, drinking and reacting and not believing that uh, they're drinking water over there. So that, that was, you know, the best uh, proof of concept that we could have. Obviously, if they had any technical questions uh, about the technology and how, how it was made, we answered everything and gave them all the information we could. I love that idea of a teaser video. And how long was that video? Um, 30 seconds. Okay. And was the point of that just to show proof that it worked as well as the testimonials? It was to show proof that it worked. And also at the end of the video, we asked people to, uh, to su subscribe, to get the, uh, noticed when notified when the, when we launch so they could enjoy the, the super early bird prices. So I'm assuming that you put the teaser video up on your website that's correct. On the website, and we promoted it on YouTube and on Facebook as well. I love that. Okay. And did you... One thing that I always find challenging is when you don't have a brand online or a lot of brand awareness, it's hard to get people to subscribe to an email list ahead of time without incentivizing them. And I'm wondering if you did anything special to entice people to join the mailing list. Uh, all we could do was to, to show them the teaser. We opened a, a one-pager website uh, with as little information that we could uh, reveal, again, so the, so the PR wouldn't uh, be harmed. Mm -hmm. And we opened a Facebook page and a, and a Twitter account, and we, you know, we started building a community and posting uh, about the process of the campaign. Um, there really wasn't any other way to, to gather people or to get more leads uh, other than that teaser, teaser campaign. And it also helped uh, that we had a, a little bit PR before. Yeah, absolutely. And if, um, So moving into the Facebook community and updating people on the progress as uh, like before the campaign starts, what sort of updates did you give people? 
Uh, we showed them uh, designs of the cup that uh, we were thinking about. Uh, it was almost live. Uh, and showed them the designs that we chose and the 3D, uh, 3D prototypes that we produced. We obviously, if we got PR, so we, we posted that as well. Um, and, and basically, we also posted a lot of content about the sugary drinks and how they harm the body. So, because that was like our main uh, main audience, people who who drink too much uh, sugary drinks, either because they're addicted to it or they're unaware of, of uh, the consequences. So we try to we try to post a lot about that as well. Uh, yeah, I love that. I find it's um, when you are creating a marketing campaign online for a product, you can't just there's only so much you can blog about in terms of a cup. You need to look beyond that into the motivation why somebody would actually purchase this and then educate them so that they're looking at your your product as a healthy alternative. Right. We we didn't want to to go to, to become like a, a too much of a health product. Mm -hmm. We wanted to appeal to a much wider audience. So we were thinking about what our real mission is in, in this world, and we ended up with a, a very clear line saying, getting people to drink more water. Okay. That, that encapsulated, encapsulated for us uh, the whole thing. We want to get people to drink more water. Why? Because it's good for you. Yeah, and I guess then your, your content strategy with blogs would just be around any issue that would encompass why people the benefits of drinking more water exactly and, and people people know water is healthy that's something that we didn't need to educate them about yeah what we had a hard time is uh, explaining how the product works that's a bit more complicated yeah because the the first thing um when i and i think you did a really great job presenting this but the very first thing i thought when I see this is I thought it was a cup loaded with chemicals, but then you've explained it so well that there's actually no harm to the body. It's FDA approved. There's virtually no negatives against using your product. And I feel that you've really addressed that really well. And it's really like innovative design that way. Uh, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, when we started the campaign, we, we, we put down, you know, all the, all the challenges that we're going to have to overcome. And it was obvious to us that the health issue, like you said, the chemicals is going to be the number one on the list. So yeah. we did everything in our power in the video to avoid showing something that looks like chemicals. And we uh, emphasized as much as we could that uh, it's recyclable plastic, it's BPA-free, it's FDA-approved, it's the same flavors used for years already in the industry. Just now they're not going into your body, they're just you know, creating some kind of a placebo effect. We, we, we really tried to emphasize that as much as possible. And, and we, we saw reactions with uh, some people on Facebook that they still, you know, they didn't believe, and they heard the word plastic, and for them that was enough, and uh, they didn't do, they, they didn't want to have anything to do with us. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you know at least uh, we managed to uh, to reach 7,300 people that uh, do believe in us. Yeah, because the biggest differentiator between your uh, the right cup being 
something that could be potentially harmful to you and not is that the flavor, it's not a coating. It's actually integrated into the entire cup as well. So there's nothing that can rub off or, or start going into your body. That's correct. It's inside the polymer, right? Yeah. So, which I I think is, um, you did a beautiful job um, addressing that concern as well because that to me if you i feel that if you missed the mark on that and uh you would have had a lot of concerned clients and that may have impacted your sales in the first few days because of perception with that but you've actually addressed that well so thank you very much yeah we put we put a lot of uh, uh effort into that we also made a lot a lot of uh tests and we uh, we have professors endorsing us but there was only so much that we could put on the campaign we couldn't put all the information out there um, but yeah because it, it was a concern to us as, our, ourselves as well you know it's it's I'm drinking from that cup my kids are gonna drink from that cup and I if I'm going to market something like that I want to be a hundred percent sure that uh, in five years time I'm not gonna find out something I don't want to find out Oh yeah, that's really important. And as part of uh, you, I believe you, uh, I'll link to this, but you wrote a blog about some of the big takeaways you learned from crowdfunding. And right. did you, was that a LinkedIn post you did? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it's actually a three part, three posts. I, okay. I posted the first one and yeah, I'm uh Writing down almost everything that I that I learned out of this campaign. Okay, awesome. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is you mentioned in there one of your takeaways is that it's really important for project creators not to launch before they're ready to launch. And I'd love to have a conversation around when you think is the right time for somebody to launch their product. Right. So, so the first thing is something that we didn't apply to ourselves is to have a working prototype because <laughs> uh, there, there's so many reasons why it's important. The first one, obviously, is to see that your product is real and it can really work and you can show it to bloggers and they're going to write about it and they're going to be enthusiastic about it because they're going to see in their own eyes, with their own eyes, that it works. You're going to know exactly how much it costs because... Uh, you can ask for a certain price, but most uh, most people that launch uh, campaigns on Kickstarter or Indiegogo are visionaries, are innovators, are, are people you know with the ideas. They're not people that have experience with mass production. And you could do all the guesstimations you want, but once you come down to, to you know, real time to sit down with the, the factory, you discover so many, so many uh, uh, additions that you didn't take into consideration. And I have so many friends that did so many Kickstarter campaigns, and they all ended up with white hair just from all the, the, the how the price went up slowly and slowly and slowly to places that they never, never thought it would reach. Um, so, so first of all, try to get you know as an accurate prototype as possible. It will uh, help you before, throughout, and after the campaign. Um, other than that, we ser- we researched uh, on the net what would be the best day and best hour. 
uh, and, and also month. So we, we found that Tuesday and Wednesday are the best days, which is basically just like the best days for a newsletter. It's when the people are, have less concerns about work because, you know, Monday already they, all the pressure uh, begins and Tuesday, Wednesday starts to get uh, a bit less. Uh, and also in the morning, so you want to launch somewhere around uh, 10, 11 uh, a.m. in the morning on, uh, on uh, Eastern time, which is 7 in the morning on the, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. If, if, you're, if uh, the American crowd is your, is your major crowd, and that's usually the case. Um, and obviously when the campaign is ready, when you have a video, when you have a large enough uh, base, a community, a family and friends which are uh, ready for your call to, to pay the money that they need for the, for the pledge so that the first couple of days are going to be uh, as strong as possible. Because if you reach the 30% mark within the 48 hours, then uh, then you're on a, on a good start and the platform itself sees that you're trending and they're going to promote you on, on every platform that they can, if it's their social uh, network, if it's a newsletter, if it's a campaign staff pick. Uh, it's very, very important for the campaign. Yeah, can't agree more as well. And you, you guys had a big week, so or big first week. <laughs> yeah, we did sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. I feel that the biggest takeaway I, I am taking away from this interview is having a teaser video and using that to your advantage because it does create um, a lot of buzz. And that's a great way around not having a prototype that you could send out to bloggers because you have real customer testimonials and reactions to your product. So I really like that. Yeah, it, it was like a necessity, but it turned out to, you know, to, be, to, to work for us very well. Yeah. And so if people want to uh, find out more information about yourself or the right cup, where is a good website to send them to? So, so right now, because we're uh, still in the in-demand stage on Indiegogo, which means basically that the campaign is still running, uh, we forward all the traffic coming to our website. We're redirecting it to the campaign page. Okay. Um, so on the campaign page itself, you know, you have all the information of the, for the product. It's, you could reach it either by searching the right cup on Indiegogo okay. or just going to the right cup.com. It will take you there as well. Perfect. Uh, and as for myself, I'm uh, Erez Rubinstein on LinkedIn. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'll uh, make sure to put all like these links in the show notes as well as um, your LinkedIn profile. So it's been great. Great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. It was great. Uh, wasn't that an awesome interview? Uh, now, I usually get questions from listeners asking about how they set up their campaign or how to reach their target audience or anything relating to crowdfunding. Uh, I have set up a Facebook group because of this, and be sure to head over to crowdfundinguncut.com slash Facebook. It will also be in the show notes. Or feel free to write me an email if you're feeling shy. You can get me at k at crowdfundinguncut.com. Again, these will all be in the show notes. And again, um, Thanks for listening. You guys are awesome. Be sure to share the show with any friends and family that you feel um, would benefit from this. And uh, we'll speak to you next week.
Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.